I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. Welcome to Bird Bar! I was thinking about our um our intro song and how we need to make an intro song with you as a banjo. I have some ideas for lingo oh, lingos lyrics that came to me on a run. We'll have Ooh. to come together on that later. Nothing oh, fully yeah. formed, just some okay. just a gist. Just You're very gist. good at, at silly ass lyrics, so I'm excited. So I'd like to begin how we've been <laughs> starting for the last five or six months now, which is what's in that drink? What's in that drink? Ooh, wee. What are you drinking? What's in your drink? What am I not drinking? I'm not Dang. drinking old milk or flat Sprite. <laughs> okay. I'm drinking everything, oh. <laughs> everything else. Okay. I'm everything drinking else. the remnants of a Mountain Dew Zero from the day. Okay. Still going to do it, even though, you know, this is late in the evening for us. Still going to do it. The okay. end of my bottle of Kool-Aid bullshit wine. I was worried for a minute. And a freshly filled Nalgene liter, liter bottle. Liter of cola. Okay. Liter of cola. My husband's um, carrier for hockey. So if you actually, if you hold it too hard, it just drizzles all over your body. So it's really not portable. And if you flip it upside down, it's a hamster feeder. I wondered where the advent of the squeezy bottle had come from because I've noticed you've been using that as of late. And I'm like, what's happening here? Yeah, that's Scott's hockey thing. And it's just my favorite because it's the easiest. I am drinking a miniature ball jar of the remnants of red wine. Good. Yeah. At the same time, yes, I am also drinking a uh, low pitch juicy IPA. Because I'm finishing my dinner, my dinner cocktail and moving sure. on to my podcast cocktail. Sure. So, sure. Where we're at. That's excellent. That's excellent. So, but no caffeine, not dabbling in no. any caffeine at I this late I was not a bang. No. Uh, and Scotty was like, are you going to bang yourself before you start? You look tired. And I was like, I can't. I have no Maybe bang. I'll, I'll bang while we're recording. Maybe I'll get banged while we record. No? I mean, no. Like no? No half of, like half a bee bang? <laughs> <laughs> so good Whoa. all the drinks um we uh don't have any new patrons to announce but as always we appreciate the ones that we have i'm gonna do like a redo shout out to fluff bakery again and jessica k because i just i just love her so we're gonna we're just gonna call it jessica as a new patreon again and i'm just gonna <laughs> remind gonna everyone how nice a day in Athens, running on Athens and Southern Ohio trails, mm -hmm. and eating food from Fluffery, Fluff Bakery is. So, so I'm just going to put that out again. God, what yeah. a good day that was. Running, eating, hanging out at a running store, and then buying a banjo. That was like maybe the pinnacle of my year. Yeah, it was good. It's too bad it was six years ago or earlier this year. Yeah, that is a shame. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, it's funny because... Our last couple episodes, we've just like dicked around real hard and then, you know, eventually got to some content. We have like big stuff to talk about today. Hello. Finally. Hello. Yeah. You yeah. ran the Barkley Fall Classic last weekend. Yeah. Woohoo. Also, you know. also, and I feel like it's fitting for the occasion, this is the third anniversary of Burf Barf. I was going to ask. I was thinking about that on my run yesterday, I was like, surely that's coming up. Is it actually today? It is. Yes. It is specifically, it? Uh, let's see. It's okay if you don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's within the realm of this like two weeks. Okay. Yeah. There was one time when you and I traveled to my parents' house near Westerville and sat in a basement studio where my dad had lamb's wool hanging from the ceiling and it was freezing cold, and we tried to plug in a bunch of different equipment. None of it worked. And that's where we began. And just think, we had Johnny Rutherford come to that same parent's basement and talk about Tahoe 200. That was cool. You know what sounds really good? Air conditioning, because I'm sweating my tits off in my office today. I just turned mine on, and it feels amazing. <laughs> I, I'm in full fall mode. I, I refuse to wear anything but sweaters. I don't care if it's going to be 80 for two weeks. I'm in fall mode. I know you dyed your hair darker. It's lovely. I love it. You're wearing the fall colors as am I. However, I got a, 
uh, new Onyx racing uh, sweatshirt that I was so excited to wear today. And I can't because I would drown in my own sweat. So Onyx oh. Racing is the first African-American, all African-American team to run or to do Eco Challenge this year. So I love showing up and supporting them in any way, in addition to being on the newly created task force for diversity and inclusiveness for the United States Adventure Racing Association. So love to show up for Onyx Racing, uh, especially under, with the task force uh, being led by Clifton Lyles but it's too hot. I was like, I, I want to yeah. embrace it. I'm too, I'm like, I, I, the under boob sweat right now is real. They know that the intention was there. Yep. Also, it's a podcast. Yes. <laughs> I could have just described it and only the eight people who watch us on YouTube would know, but we're sure. nothing if not honest and lie when it's convenient for us. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's actually what it says on my, I will say on my tombstone. Um, oh. Yeah, Berkeley Fall Classic. This Berkeley will be Fall our Classic. third Berkeley Fall Classic episode, which is so cool. Boy, if people came here for the first time to hear this, we're sorry for making you wait this long to hear about BFC. This year was my sixth BFC attempt, the only year- I'm sorry, I've say met. that one more time. <laughs> this year was my sixth Berkeley Fall Classic attempt. I missed the first year in 2014 when it was a 30 miler. When we were children. Is it more than that? It might be more than that. Uh, yeah. So anyway, we missed the first year. We didn't know about it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Also, the first year was predominantly on trail. So there are certainly people who did it every single year and they should get their their kudos for doing it that very first year however i think the general consensus is that that first year it was very different than it was in later years indeed and the the finishing times certainly reflect that so um this year was obviously a lot different in that it, we had a much smaller field we had about 118 people in the starting field and i think uh the, these are man i really should have pulled up stats there were about nine marathon finishers-ish and maybe five or six total DNFs. But many, maybe 11, did not shows. And you can, you can correct me on any of that, but it's pretty much in the wheelhouse for all yep. three of those. Um, I started, so there were five waves that were weighted according to your finishes and your finishing times, which I don't really know that that was exact math so much it was a Laz feeling because mm -hmm. I got set in uh, wave four out of five, which means you get the same cutoff as everyone else, which is 13 hours and 20 minutes, which is the official cutoff time for a loop at the Big Barclays. Mm -hmm. um, that's for fun run though, right? Yes. That's the fun run time for a loop. So uh, yeah, I get the same amount of time, but I started 7.45 instead of seven. It was a weird morning. Um, they won't give you your maps until 45 minutes before your race start, which was a challenge for us because I went with our good friend, Erica Worster, who starting half an hour earlier than me. So they gave us a hard time about the maps, but we struggled through that and got to the start, um, I, which was kind of cool because I got to cheer with a mask on for some of the early groups. They did a really good job of the starting corrals. They were, um, they had sort of like real estate signs stuck in the ground at least 10 feet apart and your number was behind it. So you would stand there and wait to be called. So it was nice. And really it was honest to God 0.3 miles before I was literally and completely totally alone on the road. Um, there was no cigarette this year. I do not believe. Um, yeah, it was cool to see, uh, a lot of old friends, um, Ben Yancey, Jay, Jay Crosby, a bunch of the old heavy hitters of BFC. Um, but it was also surreal to be like, Am I dreaming? Because I believe I'm running BFC, but no one's here. Yeah, it's really strange. So did you know anybody in your wave? Mm-hmm. I knew a ton of people in my wave. Um, Lisa Hazlitt was in my wave, who is someone who is the only female who has seven finishes at this point, which is amazing. And pretty, I say- Pretty baller. Her. It's just awesome. Just awesome. Um, I think Tim Dines was also on my wave. Uh, Rob Youngren was in my wave. Just 
sparkly faces that you would know. Which is pretty remarkable. So, and we should talk, uh, we should touch on it briefly with the, I'll say the selection criteria for BFC this year. So it was all previous 50K BFC finishers and some newbies that had a resume that warranted being selected to run. True. I don't know. I don't know how that, I don't know how the newbies mixed with people who had were qualified they got or three put in the first wave. Oh no, I was just going to say, I don't know where the, how, how the transition was from the full group of, cause a normal BFC is what uh, this year was due to be like 500 people. Yeah. Wow. Shit. So I don't know what happened to the other 400 people that were not previous BFC 50K finishers. We've got a good friend, Sam Hartman, who got in with a qualifying race of Cloud Splitter, which is a baller race, which totally makes sense to me. But yeah, what about the other 400 people that were either in this year or wanted to run? I have no idea how that happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, and I- It's possible that they really want to be there. Yeah, so, but they went, so there ended up being a total of what, like one, I mean, 120? 118 yeah yeah um so yeah so yeah so and it's funny to think about the wave breakout so you're in the second fastest wave with rob youngren and tim dines which who so who was in the fifth wave they might have been in the fifth but i feel like i saw them okay okay uh fifth wave was like anatoly ross all of the super fast heavy hitters like the the people who look like they're at a high school track meet Got it. And who would later go on to win the race? <laughs> yes, exactly. So we start up bird and I've got to say that one of the qualifying statements in the pre-emails was that this race course will be heavily marked. And I will tell you right now, with the exception of one single place, which is a brand new trail that we've never seen before on this course, this course was not marked at all. And I pride ourselves on talking about BFC without hyperbole. So we should point out in previous years, there have been key points on the course that are math, that are marked, not mm-hmm. extreme, certainly not every single couple, key turn. There were a couple places where there was a person and they were like, you would never have seen this. This is the turn for garden spot. It looks like a deer trail. Please go to it. And you're like, thank you. But there were keys and forks and just flat out turns where there was nothing and a lot of folks missed the first turn for bird and i think it's so funny thinking about how last structures big barkley to make sure that it's noobs mixed with veterans so that it's not just people wandering around in the wilderness right and it's funny to me because the first way you said the first wave of bfc was all new people so there was there were individuals who didn't know, for example, where the turn to go up Bird Mountain, the Bird Mountain Trail was. There were enough Barkley nerds in that group that they were fine, because I know at least one of them, and that's Sam Hartman, who has studied the maps and has been to the park and has a love for Barkley that is rivaled only by you, and he knew where to go. Yeah, but it, it's funny to think about... Um, and it makes me think about doing Shoplope this year without you and being like, I think these are turns that normally I go on autopilot and Lauren knows, and I've never thought about it. So I feel like there was probably moments on the BFC course this year where people were normally wouldn't have thought twice about where to go because there's 500 people in front of you going. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess myself. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, Many go- times. So you're going up bird alone. Going up bird alone, people have missed the turn for bird, and halfway up bird, two women catch me, and one of them asked, how did you know to turn to bird? And I said it before I even thought about how shitty it sounded. I said, you have to know where Bird Mountain is. <laughs> hmm. um, it's funny anyway, the things I that got, come back up later. <laughs> yeah, I got in step with two ladies, um, who were serious mountain women, um, one of which I ended up finishing really close to, which is Michelle and another named Sonia, both right around 50 years old, who are both just baller athletes. Like, I aspire to be as good as you women at that, when I am 50, which is not that far away, frankly. 
in general. I mean, scheme of things. 13 years. We, we, all right. All right. It feels yeah. close. Yeah. It feels like on mortality. So uh, with no one in the way, you go up bird too fast. And then I descended bird too fast. By the time I got to the top, I was alone. I tried to blast. I did blast past the ladies who caught me later. But I went up and over. Real quick. I'm going yes. up bird. I, I need like an audio... I need like an audio cue of how fast you were going up bird. Were you going up bird? Like, or were you like, like what, what's like, I didn't the vibe? even notice. I didn't notice that I was going too fast. It was like not hearing your own breath at all and ascending like a cloud, like a very nervous cloud. So you weren't pushing hard. You just happened to be having like, you were just like psyched and ready to go. Yeah. And what? I remember no suffering up bird. I was just like, Bird, 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 and I ascended in the Mario Kart cloud up bird. Got it. And then I bombed down the other side, and then as soon as I finished the bomb, before you get to like Jury Ridge ish, both of my my quads blew out. Which has this happened to you before? Never in my life. Not in any race ever. I guess I was too excited. I don't think I was undertrained. This is the first time I have not lifted weights in a training cycle because I cannot mm. go to the Weights are critical, apparently. And doing mountain legs and like uh, weighted swings, all of those things. I didn't do any of them because I couldn't. I don't especially have after, Especially after a big descent like that. Like if you're crushing yeah. a descent, like I feel like a lot of coaches will tell you it's not the up that gets your quads, it's going down and the shock sure, absorption. I also run three mountains in Colorado and felt fucking spectacular bombing them and they were long. Yeah. So I think it was a combination of dehydration, nerves, and just slamming my feet down too much. And both of my quads seized you know, that's probably only four or five miles in. So five miles in, my quads seized, and right around four or five, I got a blister on my right heel cup because I wore the wrong socks, because I'm a bing bong. I didn't even bring the socks that I had intended to bring. They were in the dryer. <laughs> good, 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 good. So quads seized, bird mountain too fast, blisters, yep. good, good, yeah. good. Did you Everything poop or that. puke during this section? No. You're good, no. all right. No. But my tummy didn't feel great. And by garden spot, I had decided, like, I was already having trouble chewing at garden spot, which is like a six mile run. So <laughs> I really had said by that moment, it's a beautiful day. You will enjoy this course until you are pulled from it. This was not your day. Be happy that you got to be here, but this is probably all you get. As, so um, pre-garden spot, you're thinking that. Yep, yeah. Um, oh, also, I've met uh, tons of new friends. My good friend, Ashley Blake, who let me stay before the race, and then my Michigander friends, Mike, Mike, Nick, and Steven, uh, were all at this race. And one of my new friends, Michael, ran a little bit up with me and was telling me to run with joy, which I was totally feeling that vibe. I wasn't like, shut up, I hate you. Everything hurts. I Fuck was like, that yeah. waterfall. <laughs> yeah, no, I was fully like, yes, Michael, I would run with joy. Also, there were several turns where I wasn't sure where, if I knew where I was going and Michael was ahead of me. And so I screamed kiwi and he screamed strawberry and then I knew where I was. So, <laughs> huh, weird trail talk. Um, so I can't remember what happens after jury. You go down, you go down something for a you long go, time. Yeah, you, so you get over to garden uh, spot. You go to tub though. Huh? Yeah, you gotta go to the tub to get to testicle. Correct. Okay. So also, I think to preempt this, so we're gonna we're gonna jump back and forth as it suits us. So mm -hmm. you didn't get your map until 45 minutes before the race, which is unusual because typically you get the map the night before the race right. and have some time to kind of look at it and absorb it. Sure, plenty of people don't need to look at the map very much at all. Um, but you get the map 45 minutes before the start. You oh, yeah, we skipped this part. Yeah, you and G, so you and G get your maps and then you have to drive kind of, not crazy, but like it's a shorter turnaround time than you normally have to go from one place to the other. So to go from getting your packet and your map pickup and then getting to the start area. So you briefly take a look at the map when you get it and you're like, great. And then you get to the start area and then what revelation occurs? Yeah, so I saw the map and was like, oh, this is the easiest year ever. And then I was in the Portage online with Sam Hartman. And he goes, oh my God, Lauren, Ooh. two rat jaws. And I was like, what did you just say? 
and he was like, did you see the blue, the extra loop on the map? And I was like, no, I didn't see an extra loop on the map. So I went up near like the generator with the big light and I was like, fuck me, no, no. So I kind of no, went in thinking- No, God, no, no, no. no. I kind of went in thinking this might, this might be impossible. So yeah. 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 So, you're oh, I had, so it's good. I just feel like that setup is, that's a key part because I think that was the big hook for this year was that there was two rat jaws. Like, yes, that was, that yes. was meant to fuck up everybody's head, their brains, their hearts and their minds. Yes. Yeah. I forgot the Jeep road was an up and down and not just a down. Cause I always remember us doing this thing we call Clydesdaling, which is where we run downhill flat footed as hard and as fast as we can hard and long i was still running with joy but it was kind of poopy yeah and then you head over to testicle so i headed to testicle testicle was pretty much empty by the time i got there everyone had just popped out which is perfect and normally um, there's a lot of out and back traffic on testicle along with there being an aid station at the bottom the last couple of years so it's like this big bustling area of getting to see other people and either being encouraged or dismayed by that it's where you've uh forgotten a bib punch and turned into a ball of light before if you don't know what i'm talking about listen to previous episodes i'm not going to do all of the heavy lifting for you um <laughs> but you said that testicle you were you were pretty solo mission for a lot of it oh yeah yeah and I felt I felt fine like I wasn't dying but I was still resolved that my body had fallen apart so how did it how did it feel though because like I think one of our key strategies has been recognizing that pains ebb and flow and like you know like the saying it doesn't always get worse like it's really true like it doesn't always get worse like something may feel like you broke a bone and then it changes and all of a sudden it doesn't feel yeah. like that did you continue to feel your quads being blown out from earlier yeah, yeah. The whole day. yeah they were blown they were blown until later which i'll get to but they were blown out they were blown out until maybe the last eight miles where some things happened so, oh, I was descending. I ran into my friend Ashley as she was ascending and she was like, this is horrible. I think it's a marathon finish for me today. And I turned to her and I said, me too, for sure. For and sure. Ashley was in a wave before she after. Was in the one right before me or maybe two before me, I forget. Okay, so this right is before. when... And this is, I think, makes things really interesting, too, with the staggered starts is, like, when you catch up with people and as you're seeing people on out and backs, it's, like, especially as a as a listener for the race, the race report goods, I'm thinking through, like, okay, is she seeing them because it's an out and back stretch or is she seeing them because she's coming up and passing them? You're saying you she saw... Already, yeah. She'd already gone saying, down and back up. So she was still steadily more than 15 minutes ahead of me. Got it. So okay. She not only maintained the time, she had put time on me, I would say, because it takes more than that to get down gotcha. and out. And at the so same time, back. you're still both, even though you have staggered starts, you're still both in the same boat when it comes to time left until the cutoff. Right. <laughs> which is a real right. mind fuck. Right. And but there you're, were two cutoffs this year, which is unusual compared to last five years. There was a cutoff to get to the decision point. And then there was a cutoff for running the second rat. So oh. you, could, you could get cut off twice. You could do two rat jaws and still go home with nothing. Dang, with nothing I but know. a sore butthole. <laughs> <laughs> so I was feeling like, like a money pit bathtub, kind of like, <laughs> Silly, but not like, <laughs> but like, I don't care. Like, I'm not sad. I got to the bottom. I found a bag of Ashley's Cocoa Puffs, which to me indicated that she was like, I don't even need this food because I'm not going to run it. So I was like, I will carry the torch for you, Ashley. I will carry your Cocoa Puffs. You always find something at the bottom of testicles. Testicle, nice. I meant. Testicle. <laughs> right? Like you found when you wished for a hat, a hat appeared. Uh -huh. That's where I get my North Face hat. Yeah. So I went back up and my friend Michael, who I just met, was teaching me how to ascend without leaning forward, which I, I mean, if you guys have never done this race or seen this wall, 
it is just a crumbly, dusty, like 45% grade that if you, if you try to stand on it with your hands and knee, like if you were leaning on it with your hands and knees, you would slide back down it. That is the, the pitch of this thing. So he was like, put, you know, put your hands back around your hips and like stand perfectly straight up and dig your, the tread of your toes in like a billy goat and just walk, like take short, like um, blasts and then pause, and then, push. so I did that up testicles. The first time I have not touched the ground on testicle, and I felt like a baller. It was a good move. It was a good move. It's good to keep your testicles off the ground. I agree. So I got up and over that, and down meth, and I will tell you, like, I was fully, not even, like, a smidgen, not even a sparkle of me was, like, I could go on. I was, like, you don't have a dog tag. You could get a American dog tag. It looks cute on your wall. Looks nice with the other stuff. It's fine. You could put it on your dog's collar. It'd be fine. It's no big deal. So I walked down where you go through like the neighborhoods, also completely unmarked. And if people weren't there with other people, there's no way they would have known to turn into that weird trailer parky kind of travel thingness. Yeah, because it seems like you're definitely on private property, which you are. Like it definitely feels like you should not be there. There's no way. I don't understand how anybody found it. Inter, um, inter, intermission, or not intermission, interjection. Your nutrition and your hydration at this point. You packed Tailwind for all day? I did. And I how was that? Tailwind. tailwind was great, but I packed a shitload of junk food. I packed like Snickers, candy corn, crumbled potato chips. Um, I ate like, like a wispy flavoring dusting of each of those foods and then spit them out and threw them on the ground. Not with the bags. I did not litter. But I ate almost none of those foods. I had three mini thigh Snickers and like dustings of other food and that's what I ate for the whole day. I'm going to be in the mountains for 14, 16 hours so I take uh, like two Snickers like, uh, like bar. bar for 14, day, 14 hours in the mountains. mountains. Yes. Going That's to run right. the BFC and uh, going to eat two, one, four, two fun size sneakers. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Were you but literally? That's it. So, but you weren't. So you're not doing a lot of tailwind because it's black. Or you said the tailwind was great. It was great. So, so you stayed hydrated. Yes, all you need all day, really. Did you tailwind. pee all day? I did not pee or poop all day. So this, this for you, like, so if uh. I'll say air quote, normal person doesn't pee or poop all day. They're missing out on maybe four peas, maybe two poops max. We're talking about an absence of 60 to 80 peas. And <laughs> That's pretty accurate. But, I, you know, I have to say, that it seems like it served you. So uh, the, yeah, you were doing that. Like, that's my style, which is to just be like, to start a race, shut it down not let anything out <laughs> oh no i have literally like squatted and taken a long slow poop on chimney top every single year that's where i eat my york peppermint patty and no i don't care that is wild about your judgment that is what i do I squat I, and i'm down. saying that's wild that you didn't have that this year i cannot like I didn't eat anything and I richard our adventure racing friend and he said i think that the there really is some good science to eating a lot less food and I did that and it worked great. And it's interesting because the temperature was quite a bit different this year compared to other years. It was. It was a high of about six of oh, sixty-nine to seventy this year. And in past years it's been a solid eighty-six every year. Every year. The whole world is Which, upside oh, down. <laughs> it's very weird. It's very weird. So yeah, there were some factors that had changed things. I just so think it's I, I, I like for me, the heat has always been a fact, such a big factor in the past about nutrition, being able to keep stuff down. So like, it's wild to me that it was way cooler this year. And this is the year that like, you're, you're just didn't, cause you normally have some good hauls at aid stations too, right? Like I feel oh, like, yeah. yeah. Huh. Like okay. Eating wise? Yeah. Yeah. Eating wise. And you didn't have, oh, yeah, I, I usually eat a whole bag of potato chips at the bottom of testicle every year. Oh, also, on the same note of aid stations, water drops. There was no water, so there was not aid stations this year because of COVID for safety reasons, but there was water drops. Your first water drop was at how many miles-ish? 
I mean, uh, about 15K at least. Maybe so, more. yeah, that's significant. No. Yeah, the first run without water was, I, I never ran out of water all day. Don't know how, but it didn't even, it wasn't even close. And I didn't carry an extra bottle. Oh, I found more goodies on the course. Okay, so I'll tell you about those in a minute. So I got to the base of Rat Jaw, which is a little different this year because we don't go th- around the prison and some other prison things. I'm sorry, I'm going to interject again. So normally when you get to the prison, it's like uh, lots of people there, ice and everything. What's the vibe in the prison when you get there? There is no prison. You don't do the prison at all. You go across the street from the prison or like on the same side of the road. But Keith Dunn is there, our famous Twitter barker friend. And he uh, says something very monotone and funny and punches your bib. And then there's like a pop-up tent with rangers who are all just, I don't know, talking about guns, as far as I can tell. (laughs) Listening to butt rock. (laughs) But thank you very much for being there. Um, So uh, started the climb and was honest to God thinking, how can I do this slowly enough to time out? Please God. But I think you had to beat a last by like 4.30 and it was like one one thirty, And I was like, well, I've got you, two You had to be done with the first rat jaw with a cutoff of 4.30? Um, yes, the first cutoff was nine hours and 30 minutes. So I think that from 7 a.m. Yeah. Math. Yeah, you yeah. got it. You got it. 430. Okay. okay. So you, you weren't even close to being able to be like, oh yeah, I'm just too close. I get You're like, shit, three fucking hours. <laughs> yeah, no, I couldn't, but I took my sweet ass time. I did a lot of not feeling sorry for myself, but being like another day, I guess. So I really just fucking putzed around. I stopped a little. I laughed on rat at myself. Jaw. Not at last yeah. on rat jaw. I stopped a little. I made fun of myself. I did laugh out loud a little bit about how hard and stupid it was because the brush was tall and dense this year. I got to uh, a place that I will not name where you um, can be caught cheating. And I won't say anything else about it just to keep some of it a secret. But there was a person, I guess, that knows us there who was so high up and I didn't have glasses on, so I had no clue who it was, who was like, you're going to keep going? And I was like, not for all the money in the world. And he was like, well, where's, where's Annie? And I was like, oh, Annie couldn't come this year. Uh, you know, COVID's pretty spooky. And he was like, yeah. He's like, well, next year you guys will be together and you'll run the whole thing together and it'll be great. Or something to that effect. And I was like, yeah, it will. Oh, also, I'd like to back up to a moment of sen- sentimentality where I... Uh, I, when I was running down Clydesdale, uh, Jeep road in my mind, uh, you know, and I wasn't even like dehydrated or out of my mind. And I don't usually engage in this kind of maudlin behavior unless I'm like, we're all heroes and it's like mile 80. Sure. <laughs> but I, I did have a moment where I, I held, I held Annie's hand in my hand while I ran down the road. Oh, I miss you too, friend. <laughs> I'm just blowing my nose with this here map. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so he brought you up and that kind of like choked me up a little bit again. Back to the game. Uh, blasted through the top where Misty was taking pictures and he was like, how you doing? I was like, I'm fine, but I'm not going to keep going. And she was like, no. And then coming down from the tower is G and another woman who are chugging along, smiling, looking dirty and tan and happy, just like footloose and fucking fancy free. And G's like, how you doing? And I was like, I'm out, man. I'm out. And she was like, fuck you. No way. She was furious at me. And she told me, this is very cute of, of G, later said she felt guilty for hours because she thought what if Lauren was really hurt and I told her to keep going which is very tender and sweet that she thought that it's it's good though as a person who has many dual uh interactions with you meaning my outer monologue is very different from my inner where I'm like 
internally I'm like, shit, what if she's having a heart attack? And externally, yeah, I'm like, yeah. don't stop moving. Like, come right. on. So she said, yeah. I think she said exactly what you needed to hear. She did. She is the reason why I kept going. I still wasn't convinced. So I got to the tower, pump, pump my, pumped, pumped the brakes, punched my bib, ran down to Laz, which is only like a mile away, and got to the table. And I said to the Boy Scouts, fill up my water just in case, but I don't think I can possibly go on. Tell and me more though about your internal dialogue from coming down to the tower to Tub Springs. Cause that, that section okay. of the road, like you're, you're cruising downhill. You've just finished rat jaw. It's usually, it's usually, I feel like that's a very like pivotal stretch. Yeah. So what are you it telling yourself? My knee has started to tweak in a way that when I'm running downhill, I have to Frankenstein swing it to make it go because I can't bend my left knee, which by the way, completely alleviated later. And I have no idea why. That's fine. So I have my knee brace, which is dangling off my body because I'm too tired to touch it. But I'm also thinking, I kind of have a lot of juice in the tank. Like, I'm not tired. Everything hurts, but I'm not tired. So I got to the aid. They filled up my water. I put in my tailwind. And I'm looking at Laz, who's in the center of the three-way intersection, and maybe three or four other volunteers. Sandra's there. Sandra's not interacting with me at all because I think she can see him in a high level of distress. So she's not asking me any questions at all. And this other woman, oh my God, I wish I could remember her name. I almost want to look her up because she's such a freaking baller. Um, a woman who's raced many years in the past and is also a Barkley hopeful who's just jacked and also kind and adorable. And I will find her name. She rolls into the aid station, barrels into the aid station. And I was like, are you going to keep going? Because in my mind, everyone on the course is thinking, no one's, no one's going to go out and do Is this. it Andrea? What's the last name? Cummins? Yes. 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 Okay. Boss. Boss lady. Want to, I want her to hold me in her arms like a baby. I adore her. Oh, such good vibes. So I turned her and I was like, like, surely you're not going on. And she goes, Sam? fucking go and I was like uh and then Glenn Casper who's a real son of a bitch and now my dear friend for life was like on the course like a real man and I was like well that's not how we talk um, before I could you know be like that's not I was like yeah come on you fucking pussies let's fucking go so I very reluctant I teared up and was like I said to myself very quietly, I really don't want to do this. And I walked up to Laz and I said nothing to him. I just looked at him directly in the eyes and he punched my bib and he said nothing to me and I left. And I bombed the descent. I caught two people ahead of me and Glenn was there and he was like, yeah. He's like, don't forget to turn at the new turn. And I was like, whew, thank you so much. So I, I got a second wind. And I think by the time I descended towards the beginning of the next rat jaw, I was like, you silly bitch, you feel great. You know, it's so funny because I'm not hearing that it was apathy. Like you weren't like, this just isn't a thing I care about. It's also no. not like this hurts so bad. It, it, I feel like this ties into our conversation about this earlier, which was, Hey, when you don't have that inner voice saying, if you don't do this, you're trash <laughs> or if, yeah. if, or, you know, you can never, you can't do it. Like what, yeah. what drives you to, to surpass your expectations when you're like, I'm pretty cool with myself in this moment, but I kind of don't feel like doing this, Yes, but I'd like to, I think, yeah, but not really. And it's so funny because I feel like this race experience really embodies that where you are kind of like, you know what? This is still a great thing. I haven't got to race in person a lot. Like I'm out here with my friends. It's a nice day. I've done this tons of times before. I don't have to prove anything. I don't particularly want to do rat jaw again. And then still end up turning it around to be like, you know, 
this is still actually a thing that I want to do and I'm going to go do it, even though it's tough to wrap my brain around. Yeah. This is something you and I talked about a little bit and it's totally true. It's like once you've sort of been a little bit more seasoned as an ultra runner and you don't have to feel like I have to prove myself to the world and myself that I am a worthy human being. When you don't have that sort of charge, you are sort of left with like, well, why do we do these things? And so for me, I had a moment where I felt like I I didn't want to let my friend down when she knew I was not a bag of shit. Like she knew I was not a traveling bag of shit. I was not crying. I was not broken. I was not tired. If I was a traveling bag of shit, she would have been like, oh God, you look bad. I'm sorry. Like, I hope you're okay. No, I was not any of those things. And so I caught G on the descent back towards rat again. And she gave me one of those delicious, like watery gels, like a slurry Mm -hmm. gel. And it seriously like went through my bloodstream, like crack cocaine. It was the best thing ever. Oh, also I took some military gum. So I had, I had a blast of calories, electrolytes, and 1,000 milligrams of caffeine. Yeah. And then I ascended Ratjaw 20 minutes faster than the first time. Just want to say that again. 20 minutes faster than the first time. Easily. Maybe more. Because I was not a pitiful bag of shit. And you know, it's funny because Laz will tell you that Ratjaw by itself is not that big of a deal. And that it can, it, it doesn't take you that long if you if you have like fresh legs or whatever. So it's funny to hear you say like you did it 20 minutes faster because I just feel like it puts rat jaw into context. Like it's this crazy, insane, scary thing, but it's the whole, it's in the context of the whole race and like the heat and, but it makes me think about Laz talking about wanting to push everybody to their limits. So for everybody to be like, man, I could never do rat jaw again. And then for him to be like this year, you have to run rat jaw again. And then for, pretty much everybody to be like, okay, turns out I can do Ratchaw twice. Who knew? Like, really, it, it does feel like saying, okay, do two backflips in a row without pausing. And you're like, well, I only know how to do one. You just have to do it to know. So, uh, yeah, it was very unusual. And I had a moment ascending Ratchaw where I was just going really smoothly. I was doing my friend Mike's thing where I had my hands behind my back and I was kind of leaning forward to go under the brush, but I was still on my tiptoes, which makes you look like a sneaky hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the new name for that. Cause you're on your tiptoes, but you're bent over low enough to avoid the briars with your hands behind your back. So you look like you might be searching for jewels in the ground to take back to your elfin Lord. Yeah, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but I had a moment where I laughed out loud at myself. And because I was alone in the moment, I said, you silly bitch. Like two hours ago, you said to yourself, I will not come back here. And you're here and you're fine. And I laughed. I laughed out loud at myself, which is good. So I was, smiled. Do you know how G's second rat jaw went? He was just determined all day long. She was just a, like a slow chugging fucking powerhouse of relentless forward motion. She beat her all of her old times by at least 15 minutes. She was determined, relentless, and in a good mood all day. And she is just a boss. And it makes my heart grow three times in size. Burf Barf is very proud of you, G. I hope you listen because it really did. It was amazing to me. So uh, I went up that place that I'm not naming and I hit my head on a rock with two people waiting to come up because we were trying to like keep pace. And I like looked up and I clipped the top of, oh, it's still sore. Ooh. I clipped the top of my head right in my hairline and like felt like, like I was going to, like I had almost knocked myself out. I also tripped over a wire on the way up, bruised both of my ankles and then my elbows because I fell so hard. So by the time I got to the top, I had five new bruises and my proprioception was a little wacky because I had hit my head so hard. But regardless, I got to the top and Misty was there and I was like, like, I don't know what I said, but it was probably like, I loved it. I don't know what I said. I'm a pickle. I'm a pickle. I said something as dumb as that. I also, I want to, um, 
call out that you were looking for the gentleman that you saw in the first rat jaw on the second rat jaw to be like, hey, yeah. man, like it didn't stop, but you didn't see him. I yeah. just like to imagine that he was never there. He was never there. Yeah, because I waited all of Ratcha to be like, hey, I did it. Hello? Man on the rock. Is there a man on the rock? No. Nope. Never there. Nope. <laughs> so um, the person taking pictures of the top of Rat was like, you didn't quit. And then I got to the top of the water tower and they're like, you didn't quit. And then I blazed downhill to get to Laz and was just feeling like I, I get in this sort of like what I call like Olympic mode where I get really tight and compact with my arms and I feel like I can run uphill, which is insane. You know, that seems like a superhuman trait. It's like Naruto That's running, like, but for, but for Lauren Kraft. <laughs> it just seems insane to me, but I feel like someone like winds me up, drains all my body of pain and is just like, you get to run like a superhuman now. And that's how I felt rounding the corner towards Chimney. My friend Sam was there getting his gear in order and he was like, I'll see you in a minute. Um, Did Laz say I, anything? I know you said you and Sandra were pretty stoic the first go round, still just kind of- Sandra asked me where you were and if you were okay. And I said to Laz, you're right, it was better the second time. And he was like, <laughs> just, just for the listeners, no, your audio did not blip out. He didn't say anything. <laughs> so I started up Chimney, which in the end, just like the back of Bird, is a never ending. If I was in a bad mood or didn't have good legs underneath me, it would have been the never ending route from hell. Because it just goes on. It goes on and on and on and on and on. Because you have to go, you have to go get it from a place that I think you normally don't. Correct. Which is yeah which is the so it's a stretch from tub fields to mart fields which is the, man, camp, the campsite near oh, chimney the, you know all that yeah so true you've got to do this this long windy thing around like lookout and then yes and yeah then chimney is the, fucking long <laughs> shit is long but i was literally running up all the uphills and like tiptoeing up the steep parts um, and then caught up to Lisa Hazlitt, who was just a delight. She was like, if you need food, there's food. I hope we get to do show flow next year. How have you been? We are some of the, you know, we're two of the ladies who have the most finishes, which is insane because we're headed in towards the finish. Um, and it was just like a total boost. And I, I caught her on the downs, but she's so good at climbing. She finished with like three minutes on me. She's just a powerhouse when it comes to the ups, and I couldn't keep her. Uh, came up on Ben Yancey with maybe three or four miles to go, and it was so good to see his face. And Which we... was pretty amazing, because what were, what were you guys bantering about beforehand as far as how long it would take you guys to catch each other? Because where's your normal rendezvous point? The Jeep road. The Jeep road, okay. But then before this, I know there was a lot of back and forth between you two. Like, didn't you say, like, I'm going to catch you in 20 minutes? And he said, like... Oh, yeah it'll be a while or oh yeah we had gone back and forth i was like i'm hoping by testicle i'll get you and there's no there's no way there's no way he was strong and steady all day um so by now i can't eat or drink and i'm doing the ultra thing where i put water in my mouth and i'm hot so i put water in my mouth and then it's tailwind and i just let it dribble out of my mouth onto my shirt so it keeps my chest wet and cold mm -hmm. but also i get to feel a cold breeze on my face and remind me did that originate with pitchell or where did where did the mouth dribble originate from that's pitchell yeah that's yeah pitchell. it's this is a weird technique that i would highly recommend this is i've also done this if have you, you really? yes 100 oh, percent have oh, done this before it's yeah. like finding out that other people masturbate. Yes, I also <laughs> masturbate, but yes. So, uh, yeah, the mouth dribbling thing, like, I don't, it feels very soothing. It feels like sucking on your thumb, like, somehow. Yes. Like, it feels, yes. very, it, it like, has the very, yes, I, I couldn't sure. tell you why, but it's great. So, highly encourage Being you to put fluid in your mouth, let it dribble down your chin when you're having a real hard time. You have sloshy belly. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, also, I took a goo flask and I had five whole, I, on the way down chimney, did five whole servings of goo and a goo Whoa. flask. Whoa. I needed it. I had eaten nothing all day. I bet you felt great as you continued yeah. to intake all those calories. I did. And then I just had no room for water. And then I hit the ranger station and Jay, Jay Crosby's wife was there and she was, she was like, yeah, I listened to those five. And then I uh, turn, so I turn onto the road and I think it's shorter than it normally is to get all the way back for some reason from where we got out or it feels longer in previous years. I don't know. Yeah, because normally you come out at Mac, at the old Mac trailhead and not the ranger station. I wish I had known that in my mind, I would have run a lot faster, but I was holding back a little bit because I was worried. Um, and I looked at my watch, but my watch had, as usual, I had bumped my Casio Walmart watch into military time. And I have exactly, I'm, I have until 2020 to finish, but I also need to subtract 45 minutes. However, everyone on the course has said, you know that you get the time that you finish with not your time minus your wave start. That's what Yancey told me. That's what the people at the, the fire tower told that me. That was not my understanding at all. My understanding was you have to finish 1320 from the earliest start time. No one knew that. That's what Keith told me. That's what the Rangers told me at the siren spot halfway up Ratchaw. So what was true? It's true that you get your, t- your chip time. Right. But was the cutoff 13 hours and 20 minutes from the earliest wave time? Yes, that's true. Okay. Oh, you're saying chip time versus, versus. They were going to take 45 minutes away from me, which is what everyone on the course was telling me. But regardless, you needed to be done at uh, 8.20 p.m. Period. Regardless of wave. Got it. But I don't know what time it is because my watch is on military time and I can't count. Too hard. Yeah. Hard. Like I can't, if I can't unzip a Ziploc bag, I can't count to seven if you can't even swallow water you know no 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 I'm just cover and i'm soaked because oh back up a little bit because i had some trail magic on the way the second way up ratjaw or the first time up ratjaw i found a perfect tiny handheld filled with ice cold tailwind and i just put it in the front of me it was from I, that ghost it was that from that ghost that was asking you yeah but, so I dumped it out and filled it with water and then I used it as my dousing bottle. And then I was just soaked from head to toe and then it got really kind of chillier on the way down chimney. So I was in a, I was in a wool t-shirt, thank you Katula, and long cotton pants because I had planned on destroying them and then throwing them away. So wool and cotton that was soaked to the bone. So I was kind of like, around the corner get to the finishing shoots there's no time clock so i have no clue how i did everything just funny to me like because i was watching the live tracking all day and no live tracking times came up even though i knew melton and dobies were there so like i don't know if they were just trying to keep the timing a mystery or if it was just like hey we don't need a clock because there's no spectators here or what but way to keep it a mystery no doubt uh, came through and saw Ashley and her birth, I believe Aaron, and full-blown ugly cried at them and was just like, that was so hard. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, I just lost my mind. Did you um, finish with anyone? Like, did you run the last road stretch with anyone? Are, so, aren't you usually with somebody when you finish? Yeah. Yeah, like uh, 2018, I was alone and I passed Andy on the road as he was finishing his marathon finish. And he said, as I passed, nothing else. He just said, wow, Lauren, wow. And I was like, oh, man, it's pretty good. It was pretty the, good. God, <laughs> it cuts me so deep. Um. And I think, uh, so one of the Michiganders finished right behind me by a couple minutes. The three other Michiganders, I think, finished 20 minutes ahead of me. I was feeling pretty solid to be a part of, like, the hardcore, I mean, they were, like, serious ultra runner dudes. So feeling super about that. Um, And then after that, it was just someone I knew finished every six minutes. So I'd be talking to someone, I'm like, hold on. (laughs) <laughs> and I just would have to scream for my next friend. I mean, it was just like 
15 friends finishing after another. And yes, you were supposed to pack up and leave. No, I could not do that. Yes, I had a mask. Yes, I stayed away from people. I was very stoked to be there. It was very good to see people racing a race. It was awesome. And G-Force finished. So you finished and then G-Force finished. An hour and 10 minutes later, I think. So an hour and 10 minutes chip time, right? So an actually- hour and 10 minutes just regular, like behind me. Yeah. So I finished at 11.10 and she finished at like 12.24. Right. But she, with her chip time, she started 30 minutes before you and had a uh, chip time, right? So she only finished 40 minutes after you as far yeah, as like right. the actual you're timeline. Right. Um, so that's pretty cool. And like, oh man. So I just, uh, I have to tout your accolades here. So you mentioned like coming up on Lisa Hazlitt on a uh, chimney. So you and Lisa are the only two females now with six or more BFC finishes. You have yes. six, Lisa has seven. So, and I, I would encourage people to post to the BF, to the uh, Burf Bar Facebook if they know better than me. But as far as I can tell, of the six time finishers that remain, it is me, Byron Backer, and Rob Youngren. And of the seven time finishers, we have Aaron Bradner, Tim Dines, and Lisa Hazlitt. Six people with six or seven BFC 50K finishers. Two of them are it's women. One is Lauren, one is Lisa. Lisa's the bomb. It's yeah. awesome. Pretty it's cool, so dude. cool. Also, like, just what a weird year and what a weird outcome for like everyone pretty much everyone to finish and and 90 percent finisher rate yeah and this is not to take away from marathon finishers or people who dnf'd like you went there and fought the noble fight like this year took out some multiple bfc 50k finishers like uh just it's it's a weird year but uh to you and g for showing up and repping columbus ohio solidly and women's is ooh, so can't good say that it was the smartest decision but i can't say that i regret it either <laughs> and you know um that's that's probably a good segue even though i would like to revel in your awesomeness for a little bit more still good thank you Mm. Thank you. So us. good. So so like tasty. It's just like Yeah. Thank you, friend. <laughs> but um I did wanna just I just wanted to touch on because I actually had a birth barf listener reach out and she was asking about a future race and if we were planning on attending. And uh she was wondering because for herself and the decision she's making about attending a race in person with COVID. And I thought it would be worth discussing on this episode for a bit because uh, even though I cannot wait to listen to this episode like a year, six months, two years from now, whatever, and be like, ha, COVID, who fucking cares about that bullshit anymore? But it's relevant now. So, uh, so Barkley Fall Classic this year, Lauren went to the race. I didn't go to the race. And... It was both the right decision for each of us. And I think that's really important to call out because Mm -hmm. I didn't attend predominantly because of COVID and not feeling like that was a thing that met my convictions for right now. And Lauren attended and did so safely and is taking a COVID test since being home, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. so... I just want to encourage those of you that as races start happening again in person to know that you know best. So take in the resources that you have available to you. Think about what your plan is, what your current situation is, and do the thing that's best for you. Because like I said, me not attending was the best thing for me and Lauren attending was the best thing for her. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, you know, follow your heart, follow your gut. And I'll also say too, like I'm going to a 12 hour orienteering event this weekend in Indiana and I feel like that's okay. Yeah. But BFC was I mean, not okay kind of for me. Explode into the woods, like shotgun 
shell when when yes. they go into an orienteering race. Yes. I would be surprised if I see anyone the entire weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of true. I believe that. So yeah, so um, certainly if anybody else has questions, comments, or you know wants a, a, a two sides of a coin to weigh in on something, we're happy to help on that. But okay. yeah, yeah, in the meantime, follow your heart, your gut, whatever. Um, yeah. And, and I would say make a decision and then move on and be at peace with it. So it was certainly difficult for me to not be at BFC this year. And uh, I don't know. I, next year, who knows, who knows what the future holds, but uh, we've already discussed training so that we could actually run it together, which we haven't run BFC together, like together, together in three years, four years. The first year. Oh, I mean, yeah. There, we did a little bit of it together three years ago, but we did the whole thing together on the, in the first year and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think together the whole first time, second time we were together for a lot of it, but not the whole thing. Yeah. Was that the year that I finally caught you and Morgan on chimney? Second year? Yes. I think so. Yes. I think so. Yeah, that was the year Morgan invented the Lang Hang, which is to just hang on to me and ride your way to a finish, which was fine. We're great. <laughs> oh, it was also the year where she made me a hat that said, sorry for all the ducks we fucked. Also good. Happier times. Broke, broke her toe and I stoved my toe and it was just a not fun way down. Oh, man. Yeah, I, gotta wait. I gotta wait for the pain amnesia to, to set in because it does sit, still seem like not a cool time. I think I probably only need one more day and I'll be like, good, I can do this again. If it's any, if it's any consolation, I already feel like you're good to do it next year. So you don't oh, even well, need to worry about it. You're doing it next year. So well, thank you. I do at this point have a, a wall of uh, shadow boxes holding my medals and I don't think I don't think I'll be able to sleep if I don't keep adding to it. But you know, I'm going to totally like, I'm totally going to put uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A fly in your grits. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, would you rather end your streak choosing to end it? Like not attending one year or I'm timing trying. out on the course. Trying. trying. So you're stuck doing it until you fuck it up. Yep. <laughs> yep. I agree. See, you've already made the decision. You're already good for next year. So I am. Yeah. I am. I am. It, you know, it's like one of those few remaining things that sort of makes me believe that I am an ultra runner and that I want to continue to be one because after COVID I asked myself both of those questions and I wasn't really sure about the answer. So this was kind of the shot in the arm that reminded me like, yes, you do enjoy going really far. Yes. You are an ultra runner. Like, yes, you can. And you do. When thinking about, because I feel like I'll say towards the end of your ultra running career, boom, whatever, when you were doing more, more rather than less, I think it started to seem really not fun for you. And even thinking about like longer adventure races, I think you were initially kind of like, bleh, like, bleh, yucky. Um, I don't know how else to describe it. It wasn't like, no, I hate that. It was just kind of like, Hey, it's a food that I don't like. So why would I keep eating it? Yes. Do you feel differently about that after BFC? No, no, it still seems, but like, is BFC not a yucky food? No, it's not a yucky food. 20 hour, 24 hours and more is still a yucky food to me. Okay. I'm going to eat it. That's still like, laugh. I also just want to ask you, and I wonder what your simple uh, answer to this would be. So you thought a lot during the race about stopping at the marathon finish. Why did you finish BFC? Because it would be a crime not to when I knew that I can't, when, when I knew that I could. And that was actually, I found, was a mantra in one of my running books from last year, which was, or maybe even two years ago, which is, you should because you can. Um, I, 
am an able-bodied person with a job and a zeal for running. And I have the time and opportunities to do this. And there's so much joy to be uh, found in that place. And because I am physically capable and physically capable of training, I should go tap into that joy because I, I know that I can. It's interesting because it's very Steve Prefontaine to say, to you know, like to not do your best is to waste the gifts. Like, I don't think I have a gift. But I mean, gift being relative. I mean, you're not everybody can finish the Barkley Fall Classic 50K six years in a row. No, and the gift I have is legs, lungs, eyes, ears, and um, a, a brain that's willing to get up out of bed every day. Like I, I don't take for granted anything that I have. I don't take for granted my mental health. I don't take for granted my active, my ability to be active. Um, those are, those are gifts that I don't want to waste. Yeah. Congratulations. Very grateful. Thank you. I feel very, very grateful. So with yeah. that, that's our, that's our third year of BFC coverage. Um, I think next year we can get, hopefully we'll get back to a pre and a post episode because I think it's really fun to talk about like expectations and training. Cause like, you know, we have this whole other thing that we're not going to probably cover an episode, which is like your preparation or not preparation leading up to this event. Like I know you felt really undertrained and ended up executing a really great race, despite the fact that you're, you're, I won't even see your brain, but you're you didn't think you were going to finish or be able to finish potentially. And you kind of crushed it. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be interesting to think through next year. And um, I hope there are some people out there, even though I can't bring myself to listen to my own voice on episodes very often. I love the idea of people listening to all of our BFC episodes in a row and thinking about how that conversation evolves from one year to the next, because that BFC is the longest recurring thing that either one of us has participated in. So it kind of ends up being this annual snapshot of like what's going on in our lives and our training and our motivation and our preparation and our fun level. And I think it's probably very different from two years ago compared to this year. So certainly, certainly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for being my hype, man. Yeah, for sure. You're easy to hype, man. <laughs> uh, until next time. We are. Burf, burf. Burf.